Games Podcast, episode 22. I'm Ryan Lockett. I'm Brenna Asplund. Hi, I'm Andrew Frick. Yeah, Andrew is back. <laughs> A little sick, right? No, I'm, I'm better. I'm good. Com- yeah. I'm the one coughing here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was sick for a week. Uh, it was, I was in bed for about five days, and that's when uh, Andrew and Brenna were at PAX South in San Antonio, and then about a week later... I got sick for... I was in bed for about five days, and sick for... and it got better, and so next week... Brenna. Well, <laughs> no, Brenna's healthy. I've never seen her get sick. Never get sick. Oh, wow. I don't. I don't get sick very often. It's really rare. The last time I got super sick, it was food poisoning. So oh, that's a fun. Wow, time. that was awful. Yeah, it was right the day before I had two job interviews. Oh my gosh! Actually, it was the day I had two job interviews. I had to reschedule them. Oh wow! Yeah, and I had it the day we moved to our new house. So oh, I, it's a nightmare. Uh, was not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, next time we play a game, I want Brenna's superpower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. So, have you played any good games? I know it's been a busy January. Yeah. Well, okay, so I have played a few games, and I'm, you know, my hiatus there uh, gave me a chance to play a couple more games. Um, most recently, I, two games stand out that I played. Uh, I was able to pick up the new edition of Mansions of Madness, uh, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition yeah. from Fantasy Flight Game. So I've been playing that a lot, and then I also played um, a game called Ponzi Scheme recently. So uh, which order do you want to hear these? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so let me ask you about uh, Mas- Mansions of Madness. So yeah. I have played Arkham Horror, Okay. which, so Mansions of Madness is a, it's related, it's inspired by, it's the same theme, Yeah, same okay, setting. so it's set in the same setting. Uh, in fact, the first edition of Mansions of Madness had a lot of the same characters and maybe the same, a lot of the same artwork, type of items and things like that, but... Arkham is on a large scale where you're in a town, you're overlooking like an eagle eye view of an entire city and your different locations you're traveling to. Mansions of Madness has modular boards where like the board has like kind of in, like like faded lines to separate the two sides of the hallway or the bedroom has different part, like okay. areas within the bedroom. So it's a more modular, uh, it's a smaller, smaller. Setting. So it's, it's a setting. Like a, it's a, okay. It's like a mansion. A mansion. <laughs> like a mansion. Like you know, there's different <laughs> floors and there's the foyers and there's dining rooms and kitchens and all that type of thing. So um, first edition of Mansion of the Madness had you playing two to four players against one keeper player who basically had a whole separate book and he would know what the mission was and then he would answer like five or six questions, which are like. Where did the crazy man bury his wife's body? And uh, where did he hide the, you know, the journal of the information? So based on each answer in this matrix, it would determine how you set up the game differently and which rooms would get set up and what doors would be locked or shut, where are the keys to get those items. So everything would be different. So there, within each scenario, it would be very varied and would be variety, but it was still a beast to set up. And if you made a mistake in how you set it up, it'd be impossible to get through a doorway. And so there were some problems there. And having all versus one, you didn't know what the objective was until certain things got revealed. So you might be playing two or three hours in and still not know what your objective is. And then suddenly it's like a gotcha and then you weren't prepared and in the right situation oh, to solve. what was coming up. You know what's coming up and then you lose. Or So there were some things there that were a problem. Now the new edition has changed this a lot. So they now have an app. It's a, it's a free app. And when you start it, it is it has music and sound effects, and then things says pick your characters, and everyone gets to play a character this time around. And then the app 
reveals the thing as it goes oh. on as you explore. So the app has taken the place. And as, you, as you a can't narrator, play it without the app. You can't play it without it, okay. the new version. That's interesting. That's becoming more and more common yeah. these days. And so I, I had a chance. I played this twice solo. And I don't ever play games solo. <laughs> I always want to play with other people. But being sick, I was like, well, I want to learn it. I want to try it and see it. And uh, I did two scenarios. And they were both very different. And I lost both of them. <laughs> but I can still see a lot of good variety and replayability. Uh, you basically can move and you can do uh, explore different, like there's a bookshelf and it tells you to put a token on the bookshelf. Or it's like there's a, a strange picture of like a seascape landscape that kind of makes you feel like tinged with horror. And you can ex- use an action to explore that. Or you can interact with the butler and you can spend multiple actions. Every time you talk to him, the dialogue develops further. And maybe he'll give you a gun after like the fifth action of interaction with him oh wow some things have skill checks and so you have to roll dice and if you get enough checks you tell the app i got three checks and maybe it's not enough maybe i needed five checks and so i have to use another action or maybe if i get two successes i get one result but if i get more i get different results so yeah it's a very yeah, yeah. because of the storytelling and exploratory aspect of it it sounds a lot more fun to play solo than a lot of board games would be oh, like yeah. it sounds like it could potentially be a pretty satisfying solo experience. It has been, and because it's a more, it feels more like a video game in that regard. Exactly, yeah. It's like a role-playing game without a GM that narrates and tells you the stories you go through, and it's all very well constructed. So, a role-playing game without a GM? Who would design that? something like that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I think there's, a, and because it's not a campaign game, each mission <clears throat> is standalone, and it's insular. So you don't have to feel this obligation. You can take six months break and come back and pick a scenario. Tells you the difficulty and how long the each one. One's ninety minutes, another might be two hundred forty minutes. So you can kind of gauge what you have time for. And so, anyways, very cool. Um, it did come inside the box. Something I really appreciated: a conversion kit. So if you had all the stuff from the first edition, all the monsters, tiles, and heroes, it had new cards. So for you can that. use all that content wow. from all those expansions. So as it's building the rooms, each time you play that same scenario, if you have all those other expansions and stuff you can click that you own that content and then how it builds the mansion is even more varied each game well, let me ask you yeah if i am i don't own first edition yeah and i go out and buy second edition right how do i get all the they have two new stuff? kits oh, that you can get which have all the monsters all the... tiles and heroes from those they split into two 35 dollar or 40 dollar things there, you can get okay. to catch up to all that yeah. i can get it you can okay. get it nice so yeah, anyways that was a really fun experience i don't know if it's an everyday kind of game yeah and i think now they've played it twice solo i don't want to play it solo anymore i definitely want my next experience to share that experience with somebody else yeah 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 so well nice. i did play a new game this week yeah Haven by Alf Seeger. That's right. I don't think I can talk about it much yet. No, that's true. But we played it. I've played it. uh, I think I played it four times this week. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been exciting. We've been looking at it uh, more. You know, it's interesting because we have this long list of games that we want to do. And I know that we've we've been talking about Haven for a while. We talked about it last year. And we sort of got... um, stuck working on this game called Near and Far and uh <laughs> took Near and Far ate a lot, a lot of our time. time. Yeah. So we're looking yeah, we're going back and uh yeah. Yeah it's I got pl- some great I played it twice and I really enjoyed it. I did win both times. <laughs> <laughs> but the second time was a really it insanely was. close tie. Oh man, so I thought I was gonna win and I didn't. I barely beat him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, tell me about the other game that you played, Andrew. Yeah, so um, this is a new game from Tasty Minstrel Games, or TMG. Uh, it's called Ponzi Scheme. And so the whole premise is you are trying to buy up all these businesses, but not be the person who goes bankrupt. And as soon as somebody goes bankrupt, whoever has the most money remaining wins. <laughs> if you go bankrupt, you're automatically out of the game. So it's kind of neat. There's a, there's a central board, and the board has three cards on three different rows. And on your turn you can take one of those cards. And these are different businesses. And when you buy that business, it gives you some money to start out. But it then has a interest value that you'll have to pay back every time it's time to pay interest on that business. So when you take one from the, the top row, uh, they're usually cheaper. And you can then start one of the four companies. There's like, uh, I don't remember, there's media, there's like uh, agriculture, there's real estate and there's like one other. Mm -hmm. And you take a level one, like a one roof tile of that. You take a level one card. Yeah, yeah. So you can't take a two until you already have a level one of one of the businesses. Then if you take one of the cards in the middle, which are a little bit better value, you now have to take a level two to add on to a business you already have. Mm -hmm. But those, so like something on the first row might say like you get 10 bucks or 11 bucks or 12 bucks, but then the payback will be 11 bucks or 12 bucks, like a dollar less than what you, you got when you took it. And then you have this cool little, what's a five-sided shape called? Pentagon. A pentagon. Thank you. <laughs> so if you have a pentagon board and you take those businesses and when you get them, they have a little income number like three. So you set it to three. And then at the end of every turn, you're going to tick that pentagon one space. So as soon as your arrow, that you starting arrow, reaches that three, you now have to pay for all the businesses that are on that space. So every time you take one of these new businesses each turn... You're putting them on the three, the four, the five, the one, the two, and one of these spaces. And then everything after you pay all the ones that you could afford, you pay that interest cost, you now move them to the, you reset them to three again. So they were, you know, it took several turns to get to that space where three is, but now three is over here. So now they reset like several oh, turns around it. So they keep having to pay out this interest over and over. So it just keeps compounding. So you're trying to have enough money to pay those, but also get all these new businesses which are more expensive, but then their payouts are like $68, $128, like really expensive. Wow. It just keeps compounding and compounding and compounding. <laughs> and it was very fun. Uh, the other the really fun gimmick part about this game is that uh, the other thing you can do on your turn is you can take a business that you match that has the same type of business somebody else has, as long as you both have one, and you take some money and you hide it in a billet and you hand it to that person as an offer. And then that person can either accept that money and give you their business of that type. So you could, just not knowing how much you're giving them? No, you get, they get to look. They oh, get to okay. peek and okay. see. Like, oh, yeah. this is, oh, okay. you put $9 <laughs> in there for me. Or they can match it and then buy that business that you have from you oh. by giving you, like, basically double. Like, your oh. 9 bucks plus my 9 bucks. But if you don't have the money, you have to take the money that they give you. That You can't deny oh. a bid. And so this is how you kind of expand because... You can never take... It's kind of atta like attacking players. Like or an attacking thing, a yeah. little bit of negotiation. Yeah. Because beyond the one, two, or the three card row, which you're taking your action to take a new business card, you can never really get beyond three a three-roof business that, uh, without the bid, the, without oh, these yeah, like yeah. negotiations. Without That's how you can get a four oh, or five. Because okay. then it's basically the scoring is one business is worth one point. The second level is two points, the third level is three points, the fourth level is four points, and you just add these all together. Yeah. And that's how you score things yeah. at the end of the game. And it's pretty simple, but cool. there's a lot of fun and like it's almost like a power grid kind of math. 
Yeah. Uh, it reminds me kind of a choir where you got in shares of different yeah, companies. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of something like a power grid or a choir, but it played in 60 minutes. Yeah. And so. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing about it, so I. It was I more fun it. than I thought it would be. Yeah. Looking at it, I did, well, it didn't look fancy, kind of a drab outer package, but yeah. the inner, the actual game, it's a, it's a little gem. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. that was fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, I haven't played a lot besides our games that we've been working on, yeah. so I can't really talk about too much. Yeah, same, same more deal or less. for you. Can we yeah. say what games we've been playing? Well, we've been playing um, Empires of the Void two, two. Yeah. quite a bit. So yeah. I, I'm going to talk a little more about that. Uh, mm. Other than maybe. that, I've just been playing games I've talked about before. Yeah, I complained about a lot of aspects of Fire Emblem Heroes last week. Yeah, I've still, still been playing problem. it a ton. Every oh, you're day. still playing it? No, so I'm still playing it a lot. I'll, of course, you know, now that I've been playing it more, I'm getting all of those those resources that you can use to recruit new heroes, like less often. Oh yeah, because you've got all those starting out bonuses. Yeah. So yeah, now yeah. it's taking me way longer to build up enough to do the big <laughs> recruitment things. And like, what it is is if you do five recruitments at once, you get a big discount mm. so you want to save up to 20 orbs which is what they are oh. in or before you do the recruitment because then you'll get the five you can get five for 20 oh. when at normal prices it would be four for 20 mm. so that's that long-term goal they're giving you yeah yeah try to build up to that 20 and then you do the big recruitment the the hope is that in getting five heroes at once you'll get something decent um, uh, since we recorded the last podcast i think i've done maybe two recruitments and gotten nothing <laughs> of any worth. Zero five stars. All yeah. heroes I already had. Just completely useless. Yeah. I went to the store and I bought 10 CCG booster packs and all the other Starmies. No, that's no, that's exactly what it is. Like this kind of mobile game is exactly like a CCG, except you can't trade. Oh. So like you can't be like, oh, I've got this really good five star. You trade it for this other five star you have. No, you can't trade them. It's all the gamble. What we're talking about? It's like if you only got booster packs and you no trading. No trading. Interesting. Yeah. On that mobile note, you know. And having been sick, I did play a few mobile games. That's kind of main. I would say I never think about talking about mobile games because they're yeah. like so. But everyone seems to play mobile games yeah. nowadays. And yeah. uh, Final, so, Final Fantasy <laughs> Tactics. Ever since uh, Pack South, I've been. I got back in and I've been doing that. Enjoying on your phone on my phone. Yeah, I, on the phone. I have tried it on phone and iPad, and I can't play it for very long because I hate the buttons. Like I need. The if you hold the button down, it gives you a highlighted thing to kind of make it like exact. Until yeah. you're ready to let go, and so I've gotten it's, adjusted it's kind of, to for, it. For me, it's just the extra work yeah. that it, to play it like takes than like least, a PSP or something. Yeah, it takes at least thirty percent like longer just to do the same thing you could do on right. A PSP. So. Right, but I've done that in Final Fantasy XVS. I've been playing a lot. Uh, Secret of Mana was on sale like a couple huh? of weeks ago, so I got, I got a little that, bit yeah. back into the like the nostalgia there. Yeah. And well, speaking of that, I, lately I've been playing um, the Legend of Zelda. A link to the past. Oh, fun! Uh, while I run on a treadmill, so <laughs> Whoa, that's challenging. I'm almost uh, let's see, I'm over halfway through it, but it's been fun to go through. I I play through the whole game about yeah, maybe every five years. I I play through it. I think I have like seven full playthroughs. Oh on yeah, that one. Oh, that one, yeah. Probably more than any other game I've played through. Yeah. That guy. I don't know why. It's, it's just so playable and yeah, fun, and I like the gameplay. Yeah. I heard I heard a rumor today that uh, apparently it's a possibility that Nintendo will include a 
GameCube Virtual Console on the Switch. Whoa. Which is really exciting to me. If if they do end up doing that, the three games I really want, I would really want on the Virtual Console are Harvest Moon Magical Melody. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. And Kirby Air Ride. <laughs> I never played... Kirby oh, Kirby Air Ride. Yeah. Kirby Air Ride is I've so much fun. almost no Kirby games. Kirby Air Ride isn't like a standard Kirby game. It's yeah. more like a Mario Kart kind of a thing. It's oh, a race. It's, it's a, a competitive racing, racing game. Okay. But it has this one mode that's one of the funnest things I've ever played in a racing game. Yeah. Which I can't remember what it's called, but it's this sort of city, this cityscape mm. where before the race... There's just this big city, like kind of an open world that everyone's just driving around, like flying around on these carts. And you can pick up boosts, like boosters, like power-ups. So you're going around the city. You've got a time limit while you're in the city, trying to get as many power-ups as you can. And there's also like different obstacles and stuff. And then you start the actual race with whatever boosts you've picked up during that beginning part. So oh, you might cool. have like a major it's like advantage a in the race. Thing. Yeah. You're running around getting the Okay. And then you have the straight up race with the different advantages and disadvantages <clears throat> like based on the stat changes you've gotten from these different things you picked up hmm. during the city mode. It's really fun. Oh, that sounds cool. different, yeah. I man, I remember back in the day when you know, people would would kind of rail against the uh, GameCube, but I played a lot of GameCube. <laughs> there were good games on I the GameCube. I think it had some good games the on The GameCube it. was a strong console. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So yeah. what are what are the major games you guys would want to see on a virtual console for GameCube? I don't know what a virtual console is. Oh, that's just it's where just they... It's just the store that it's you just can the port. Oh, it's just a port. Just the, having the games, games from that system. Yeah. Okay, I'll... Because they haven't put any GameCube games on... Anything else? Yeah. Right? So, so on Wii and Wii U, I they want had the Zelda NES Special and Edition that had four Zelda games in one thing. It was a GameCube oh, thing. It was the yeah. original uh, first Zelda, Link, Link to, to the, the Past. past. The we had one. that, and then it had uh, Ocarina of Time yeah. and Majora's Mask all in one. Oh, really? It was all in oh, one, gosh. and they were like heightened graphics, so it was yeah. slightly improved on the, the last two. Yeah. I really like and Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime. <laughs> that's my. I love that original <laughs> Metroid Prime. That's so and, good. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I like F Zero on GameCube yeah, as well. That's that was a fun, fun one. Also, the Star uh, Star Fox Adventure one. I don't remember what I never it was called. That one. Really liked it. It was yeah. like a. It was it's like, like a 3D adventure. 3D game. adventure game. Yeah, you're like on planet side. Kind of a platform. Kind of like a platform, but like like three like Mario 64 yeah, yeah, yeah. or that kind of thing, and it was but you're really on like this good. Alien planet. It uh, reminded like a Metroid. It was kind yeah. of like a weird, like almost like a Metroid, but it was Star Fox, and it was. Very not a Star Fox game, <laughs> and yet it had the Star Fox cast, yeah. and it was like it was cool. I liked it yeah, yeah. I already got my favorite GameCube game though, which is uh, Wind Waker Zelda. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. One. They already did they already make did an that. updated version of that. So <laughs> technically, there is a version of Harvest Moon Magical Melody for the Wii, but you can't play as a girl. Oh, like. Harvest Moon Magical Melody was the first Harvest Moon game where you could choose your gender at the beginning of the game. Oh, but the port but the they port, made? But the port, you couldn't. <laughs> wow. Weird. So, give me a backward step there. I guess. Okay, so let me talk about uh, Empires of the Void 2 for a second. So, okay, so over the years, I've worked on this game a lot. And actually, Empires of the Void has sort of been this, um, I want to say like a, it's sort of like a, a 
an experimental place where I can come up with new mechanics, <laughs> new yeah. mechanisms, right? <laughs> so, uh, for example, there was one version uh, years ago where you had uh, ships do your actions. So you had a player board and there were ships that you had and the ships had different uh, abilities on them and you would slide them over to a different area when you wanted to do something. Like you could slide one guy over if he had a crane on him so you could build other ships. And another guy you could slide over if you um, wanted to research technology. Sounds and familiar. <laughs> one, yeah, and there was another one that, uh, you know, and, and all of them they could like attack and so you could send a couple of them to go like attack a planet. And uh, does this sound familiar? This is uh, maybe a little. Yeah, go with above and below. Yes, yeah, that's what happened. So in the game, in fact, even the dice mechanic, uh, where so in above and below, you roll dice on the various uh, people on the villagers when you go exploring, right? That same mechanic was in this Empires of the Void game. And when you attacked a planet, it had sort of a difficulty number to take it over. And you would send some ships and all the ships you get, you'd roll dice just like an above and below one at a time. You would, and you would put them on the ships. And if you had an attack that was high enough, then you could take it over. And if you didn't, then you would fail. And the ships would, you could injure ships. You'd put them in the repair bay slot. And I was developing this game in the fall. And then I stopped... I, I sort of stopped working on it because it felt like a, it felt like a Euro game, you know? And so my thought was, oh, people that are wanting Empires of the Void or a space game, they're going to be disappointed with this. It's too much of a Euro game. And so uh, I sort of let it go and then uh, worked on some other things. And then that February, I came up with Above and Below, and I just took that mechanic from that old Empires of the Void. I've done this many times. I always tell people this. I, I come up with uh, Empires of the Void variants, and then I take the, my favorite mechanic, my favorite mechanism from the game, and I make a new game out of it. Nice. <laughs> Which is what we're actually going to do uh, later, because I designed another. <laughs> I, you guys played the heavy. I played yeah. it. <laughs> I was working on the game, and I designed this really heavy Euro game. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep. That was in the Empires of the Void theme, and we said, oh, this is a Euro game. So, anyway, the new version of the game that we've been empires of the void Two that were that I really like currently it uses a a mechanism I haven't really used in any of my other games, which is sort of a, it's sort of a war game inspired card event playing mechanism. Uh, You guys know what I'm talking about. So in the new game, I'm not sure what we can say. So So I'm letting you say it. (laughs) What do you have? You have, you have cards, right? Yep. So what's on the card? So on the card is, Uh, frequently an action that you can take that if you can fulfill the requirements on that card you get to place influence on different planets right now this is how you do diplomacy yeah this is how you gain diplomatic control of a planet yeah and when you do that you can you get the alien and you can uh, recruit the the people that live there and you get the ally power that you get from the planet right now cards there we have multi-use cards so they have um they sort of have an ability like an event that you can play as mm-hmm. long as you meet the requirements. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to pay a little bit of something to make it work. And then there's a number in the corner, and that can be used for... So that's the power value, and the power can be used for uh, battles. Right. That's one of the uses for it. You know, when you're doing battles, um, you know, it'll be a combination of taking the uh, units and rolling the dice, and then adding their strength or their power values to... and then. Adding and then a card, you play that card, you play the card face down, face down, and then you compare, and compare when you're ready, and then that all you sum it all up, and whoever's the most 
wins the battle. Right. Um, so you, so deciding how to use these cards. Am I going to use it for the event? Some of them are missions. So when you complete a certain mission, you can play the card and it'll give you a bonus. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I haven't, I can't think of a game I've done that has a mechanism that's quite like it. No, because most of, most of the games you've made that involve cards are either like a deck building kind of a thing yeah, or, or like, like a tableau, a tableau building thing. Yeah. And this is neither, that's the, not anything like that. The closest would maybe be the eight minute empire game since you're playing those cards to take actions and they yeah. have some other bonuses on them, but yeah. it's not even really like that very yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely like a hand management thing. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. That's it. I, I really like that aspect, but I wanted to just talk about that for a minute. So we'll, we'll keep talking about Empires of the Void, too, in uh, coming podcasts. So. Yeah. Um, do you want to mention real quick, since you're talking about different versions of it, uh, the design diary? Yeah. Um, so in the game, oh, so in the Kickstarter, we're going to offer a, uh, a little booklet that talks about sort of the design process of this game and past versions that I've worked on over the years. And we have tons of art, graphic design, and, and we'll talk about different versions and how the mechanisms worked and and you can see all this big process in in this book full of art and and uh we'll have it available on the kickstarter project sounds exciting awesome i'm excited for myself to see that (laughs) so so if you're interested in hearing about all that in much greater detail definitely check out the kickstarter once that launches yeah so i have a question uh just to finish this off what is your favorite movie or tv show that is based on a game. It can be a board game. It can be a video game. It can be a phone, uh, a mobile game. Yeah. Uh, so to clarify, this is saying uh, this game existed and then the TV show or movie came after or vice versa? Or So hope, uh, Usually the preferably show or... the, the game came first. Yeah, because it's based on a game, not yeah. a game based on I mean people TV often show. say oh, a game a, a show or a movie based on a game now people often say that uh, video game movies are, are bad are bad like there's just a oh, curse like they can never be good I see there's yeah. some of them I think that are actually okay but um, this is a really easy answer okay and I don't know if maybe if I thought really hard about it I might come up with a different one but it's got to be clue right Clue is a genuinely good movie. Yeah. And based on a board game. That's a that's an old favorite. I, I yeah. think that's definitely up I'm there. Saying, I'm like, I feel like that's the easy answer because that's <laughs> the one everyone's going to agree on is a good movie. But that's yeah. a really good movie based on a game. Yeah. We watch so, it occasionally. It's, yeah. it's funny. It's, it's hilarious. It's and a, I'm a big Tim good. Curry fan. So. Yep. <laughs> you, took, you took my answer. I mean, I have to think of something else now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. What, else is, what else is there? I mean, is there the another answer? One. I'm not going to say Battleship. Uh, <laughs> I never saw Battleship. I didn't either. <laughs> Final Fantasy... <clears throat> The, oh, okay. the Advent Children Advent. wasn't bad. Okay, no, that's that's right. That was a good one. Better than Spirited Spirits Within. I yeah, like definitely Children. better than Spirits yeah. Within. I I don't love either of them, but I don't hate either of them. Yeah, that's so. what I'm like. That's what I'm They're like. Okay, Advent Children is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ryan, what about you? So for me, oh, you go ahead, Ryan. Right. What you? I just say? remembered. They're actually. This is not in English. Yeah. But there is a live-action adaptation of the Ace Attorney series. Oh, really? Like, there's a live-action movie based oh. on Ace Attorney. 
that's really funny. Like, it's a very funny adaptation. That's really good. So yeah. that's my more interesting answer. Yeah. My favorite is the unmade uh, Monopoly movie by Ridley Scott. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I think he was getting... Wasn't was it Ridley Scott that really? was going to make this movie? Uh, yeah, this Monopoly movie. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, and then the, the deal fell through. I that's think they, far I think out. Battleship sort of tanked and they kind of yeah. decided not to make any more... Board game, game movies. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Or the Settlers of Catan movie. Let's see that one. There was actually, I remember is there really several one? years ago. Oh, is there? I remember I know that a book. being. No, I remember they were getting like a licensed stuff, like the studios were fi- uh, pitching it around to sell it. Oh, and yeah. And trying well, to do that. The thing, so. about, the thing about movies with licenses is people will trade licenses to make movies around like it's nothing. Like people will just snap all those up. That doesn't mean anything's ever going to get made. Sure, sure. Yeah. I remember when. Um, the Rifts universe, the RPG, mm-hmm. um, was uh, optioned by uh, some big movie producer. I forget, and we we're all excited. Oh, we're getting a Rifts movie. Still hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah, but uh, could be cool. Yeah, could be. Yeah, cool. for sure. Well, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I can say a favorite. Probably Clue, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I feel like that's the that's the obvious one. Yeah, I have two. Okay, um, and I was gonna say Clue, so I thought of two others. Uh, for first, uh, video game, um, I thought Tomb Raider. I'm gonna botch the name here. Cradle of Life, I think okay. it was, which was the second Tomb Raider second movie one? with with Angelina Jolie. She goes. I don't know if I've she goes that. scuba diving into like this awesome like uh, I don't know. It was like this ruins with all these like stone heads, and she goes like fights the sharks, and she finds like this wheel temple thing that opens up and she goes through the tunnels underwater and finds like this you know this like atlantean technology and then the place crumbles and then later on she's in africa where like she finds pandora's box and there's this like quicksand and these like giant like mist like shadow demon monkey things that like attack and there was some really cool stuff in there and they're they're facing off against the illuminati i think was like the big villain in that one and it was like world globe trotting and all these really cool yeah. locations. And uh, I mean, those ones had pretty good set pieces, really good production. And they made her, I think they spent a lot of time, maybe too much time focusing on making her look like the iconic Laura Croft. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hear they're making a new Tomb Raider movie with a young actress. And she's going to be like the 18, or 16 to 18 year old version like the new video like games the new ones. Mm-hmm. where she's okay. younger yeah. and you know more vulnerable and like yeah. learning to become the Tomb Raider okay. uh, character of Laura, Lara, excuse me, Lara Croft. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the other one, he's not my favorite board <clears throat> game. In fact, I don't like this board game at all, <clears throat> but is uh, Jumanji. Oh, you know, yeah. I don't mind that movie. And that's that's, 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 that's a good movie, right? I actually didn't know that that was a board game first. Yeah, it was. I remember as a kid... Years ago, at least it was a book. And well, it's we read a book, so, and then so, they made. I remember they making a production production yeah, version. I, I think before it probably the movie in this out. order. So it book, was book game. by Chris Van Alsberg, and then game, and then ah, correct. Okay, yeah, yeah I assumed yeah. they made it up for the movie. Yeah, yeah. I just I love Robin Williams. Yeah, so. yeah. it's one of his best roles, and that one has like this really this nostalgia, right? Because like the boys yeah. looking back at his past, and then you were. Years later, watching it again and remembering your childhood when you watched it, yeah. I think they said that there's a new show, a TV show or movie. No, they're coming out with a new movie. A new but movie. It's totally. It's like a. <laughs> it it looks pretty funny, but it's. I think it's supposed to be like a video game okay. that is called Jumanji. Okay. And the characters are like characters in the video game. 
Uh, and there's like somebody playing those characters, but it's like the rock is one of the, yeah, huh. like the avatars and yeah. Anyway. Interesting. But, uh, here, okay. Here's another question. What board game or video game would you most like to see adapted into a good movie? Um, that's a good question. That's a, that is an interesting one. I would have to say pandemic would be cool. Oh yeah. Very true. I mean, there already, uh, I guess there are already are many games or movies that are that have that theme i guess but uh might be fun i mean more specifically like maybe they could take the um inspiration from the gameplay like because you're traveling to lots of different places and so it's very worldwide and somebody's over here and they have to go and fly over to london to bring the 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 thing that they found so that they can use it to find the cure yeah yeah. Well, they make yeah. the boxes of those games look like movie posters. And they posters. look like a movie poster. Yeah. yeah so. What about you, Brenda? Uh, definitely, just off the top of my head, I think Ghost Trick, which is this DS game that was sort of a storytelling puzzle game where your main character is dead before the game starts. Yeah. But you can, as a ghost, possess different objects and make them do small things so just very small poltergeist powers like you can swing a lamp around or uh, knock a pot over and then you can also travel back in time to four minutes before someone dies so the whole game is you find a new dead person you travel back in time to four minutes before they died and you try to manipulate small objects in the environment to stop them from dying, to prevent their death. <laughs> and you kind of have to go through this whole <clears throat> set, this whole set time frame, because there's the whole that four minutes is gonna play out. Yeah. You have to go through that maybe multiple times in sort of a groundhog's day loop oh, until you finally manage to stop it. So that would be a really interesting game, especially because the story of it and the characters are really compelling. Yeah. So I think that could be a good movie. Okay, I if just it was done right. I'm sorry, I just thought of one more. You reminded me. Yes. Ghost stories. Yeah, I was gonna say. When she said, <laughs> when she said that, I immediately thought ghost stories gonna be like that would be great. I yeah. know. I would love that. The, oh, all the weird creatures and like. The so explain that. Fighting. Explain what ghost stories. So ghost stories is a co-op game. It's a cooperative game. Actually, the only time I went to the Essen Game Fair, that was the game. That was the year it was released, and I brought it home. It's so fun. You get to be. You have these different uh, characters in sort of an. It's like a. Is it a Chinese? It's like a yeah, Chinese like, village. Yeah. And you're channeling chi. Yeah. So it's yeah. like Ghostbusters in Asia. It's like Ghostbusters mm. in like ancient uh, China. Yeah. And so uh, you're in this village and there are these demons and ghosts and ghouls like sort of attacking the village. Tower defense coming in. And, and they're coming in in different directions and you have to like try to stop them, fight different ghosts. And, and it's it's such a great Save game. the village. Protect yeah, it with your every, yeah. every character or hero has powers. different powers. Oh, it's such a great game. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a movie based on that game should should be directed by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, right? that would be amazing. That would, actually, he, that would be awesome. Because would be really the, the creatures, the cards, they're so they're kind of disturbing and weird looking. Yeah, exactly. They'd be perfect. Perfect he for could del Toro. Design the, yeah. the creatures. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's yeah. a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do um, Lovecraft is a gold mine, and no one has made a good Lovecraft movie. So anything Arkham Horror or you know Phantom <laughs> of the Madness, Eldritch Horror, yeah. Elder Sign, any of those, do it, set it in a museum, set it in a mansion, set it in a city, set it in a world globe trotting setting. I'd love to see that. You know that uncovering the the information and you know decoding this like ancient like tablet and finding this like octopi 
uh, idol and these strange cults in the wild of the jungles. And then the ships, you know, and the, the ship captain, the ship is like, uh, you know, it's found on the coast and like everyone's dead except for a couple people, survivors who tell of this horrific tale on the seas of the things they saw. Like, I just would love that kind of like yeah, I watched that Moby cool. Dick movie in uh, the Heart of the Sea or what's yeah, it called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. Just to see something with like that more not a cold instead of a like, whale, you want a demon a monster. monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would love it. Yeah, yeah, so that sounds one. cool. And also Power Grid, that would be a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> ripping, be yeah. ripping. It would just yeah. be thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, you can visit our website redravengames.com. You can follow us on Twitter at redravengames. You can follow me on Twitter at Brenna underscore Asplund. And me at uh, Enderfrick one We'd like to say thank you to Fluid Volt for the use of our theme song, Doggy Goes Moo, off the album Clay Memory. You can find more of their music on soundcloud.com slash fluidvolt. Thanks, everybody, and have a great week. Thanks for listening. Nevermore. What? what did I do? By tapping? He just started it. <laughs> you kept going indefinitely. I thought we were doing I thought we were being our musical troupe again. We haven't done it for a few months. Yeah, we are. It's a drum drum day.